Hey, welcome to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. So this episode is number 80. Not of The Takeaway, but episode 80, or I guess edition 80 of Influence Weekly. We all like round numbers, so 80 is a big milestone. Only 20 more weeks until we hit 100. Uh, Thanks for listening, and thanks for keeping track every day of what's going on in influencer marketing industry. Um, this week I'm bright and bright eyed and bushy tailed from a three hour drive. Well, two hour drive up a mountain and then an hour drive down the mountain. Don't ask me why it's shorter on the way down. Um, probably cause I didn't stop or I did stop halfway through, um, all that for a cup of coffee. If you want to see the cup of coffee that I had literally looking across a mountain, um, then go to buymeacoffee.com backslash influence weekly and buy me a coffee. Uh, that's literally what I did this weekend is, is though for those who bought me a coffee in the past few weeks, I <laughs> went and took a photo of one across from a mountain. All right. Um, you didn't come here for the coffee commentary. You came here to listen to me wax poetic about what's going on in the industry. Um, the best thing of the week of the year uh, is Mary Meeker's annual internet trends report. She dropped it. Recode had a great little 30 minute video about it. And then it is a great three day read. It is literally going to take you three days to read through this. It's 333, uh, slides. I wish somebody would come out with an internet trends report report and show like of over the course of every year, like what, what the changes and, and trends are that, that are changing and what maybe became, no, not a trend anymore. Um, you know, a lot of uh, people in the influencer marketing industry, we talk a lot about the difference between a fad and a trend. And I actually want to go into that more in detail, sort of a, as a whole sort of 30 minute or, or 20 minute little presentation. Um, you know, how do you determine what's a fad versus a trend? And, and why would it like, why does it matter, right? Why, why would a fad is a fad a bad thing? Not really. Is chasing fads bad? Probably. But um, uh, there's sort of a, a, a key takeaway um, in Mary Meeker's annual report where, like, she mentions this at the beginning. She says, you know, there, there is a tendency to look at this. Uh, you'll see every, every graph is up and to the right. Um, that is to be the norm if you're talking about trends like that she's like that's not sort of caused by anything it's actually the reason why they make it into the report is because everything's up and to the right so you're not going to see um you're not going to see the uh bitcoin price go up and down but you are going to see the number of users on coinbase that's a trend that that's not a Bitcoin price, but the actual trend is the users adopting this new um, new app. Um, so you know, she actually went over exactly one of the biggest points of last year was um, that the total number of users on the internet is is over fifty percent, and as you get over fifty percent, growth slows. This is to be. Uh, conceived and, and to be seen and, and you should know this ahead of time so like the norm is that this, the growth is slowing um, but that she actually showed this this year to pass 50% and um, and I'll, I'll go into what my favorite um, thing was it was a, a specific 
chart um, later. But uh, I want to point out that internet ad spending is accelerating up 22%. Um, and then uh, faster Wi-Fi and better phone cameras means that like images are taking over. And, and this is something that a lot of us in the industry, at least in the influencer marketing, knew about. Um, and we know about and we're actually taking advantage of, but it's really cool to see this, this number, this actual specific number is that more than 50% of Twitter impressions are now involve images, video, or other media where the beginning of Twitter was text only, right? It was like an S it would even began on like SMS, which is a protocol to like help people send mass, um, messages essentially. And now Twitter is being used as a, as a, you know, image, video, distribution stream. Um, this is pretty impressive that more than 50% of Twitter impressions now involve more um, images and not just text. So the uh, big deal is that mobile usage, and this, is the this specific chart showed me like we're really into new um, territory, is that mobile usage surpassed TV time um very recently and and why this is important is because this marks the second trend um that i noticed or not that i noticed that she noticed and, and has been noticed over the last few years is that on mobile um messaging users num total number of message users or chat app users surpassed social media users in 2015 so already four years ago more people were using chat than social media, right? A one-to-one -one or seemingly one-to-one are -one private groups. And then um, over social media, which is a very public thing. Um, what that showed me was that ahead, you could see with numbers ahead of time what was sort of discussed last year and, and earlier this year is um, even Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg saying that they're going to start talking about having a very clear delineation between private and, and public. And, and so they knew in, internally, you know, that their chat apps are, are just taking off way more than social media usage is. And in fact, we've seen this year and very much at the tail end of last year, a decrease in, in number of engagements on uh, social media. Right now, I mean, it, just to give you a little insider knowledge on Instagram right now, um, reach is just plummeting um this is there's a lot of causes of it but uh there, there could be something going on on instagram's uh the way that they measure how what they're gonna push but it also like it's usually a, a combination of what instagram is doing plus users are doing and i see you know a very huge decrease in the number of uh, engagements and reach and impressions, all of that all tied in together uh, across Instagram. So, um, so that's pretty interesting that we're using our mobile device more now than thankfully watching TV. But I bet, you know, not a bet, but it shows a large percentage of that consumption is video. Um, we are watching video in a much different way than broadcast television or pay TV ever could have done. And, and, and I'm so excited about the next 10 years uh, about video distribution and creators uh, getting that video, those videos out. YouTube is just fantastically large, bigger and bigger every year than, than even cable TV um, and, and broadcast TV even. So, um, Go ahead, and I would love to hear your best, uh, most interesting insights from Mary Meeker's annual Internet Trends Report.
Um, so previously in the in this video uh, in this audio version, I have um, done a countdown. Um, I'm not going to count down. I'm just going to give a few really interesting points. I'll keep this one short uh, that I want to point out. So last week, uh, I want to thank the host of Talking Points. Uh, the GOAT agency. So Esme, the, the marketing manager, and uh, Harry, a co-founder, got together in a break room or one of their offices and chatted about what they took away from uh, from Influence Weekly. So they actually went through the uh, through the articles, picked out their, their most interesting insights, and compared them with what they're doing in in their agency. Um, really insightful to see behind the scenes of an agency, get to know uh, two people who are actually literally working day to day in the industry and get their insights and, and hear what's going on. Um, if you want to be a host of Talking Points, I hope you have a colleague that also reads Influence Weekly. Um, just email me. Uh, if you don't know my email or you don't have it, it's it's one of them is high at influenceweekly.co, um, but you can also email me directly at andrew at camphyapproved.com, or I'll probably email you back from that one and, and we'll get a conversation going. Um, I have the next two weeks booked for guests. I'm really excited. A couple of agencies I've worked with in the past um, are coming up. I'm going to give their viewpoint from inside of their agency what's, what is tying together what they're doing day to day versus the macro uh, movements of this industry that we see in the Influence Weekly every week. Um, really excited! You, could, I, I put in the show notes in the email a link to Talking Points, which was hosted by Goat Agency this week, or last week. Um, go ahead and listen to it. Fantastic! Really short, like twenty nine minutes, um, and 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 really insightful. And even they got a shout out, sort of, where one of their clients got a shout out in last, in last week's uh, newsletter. So that was really cool that they could all bring. Got be brought together. Um, next up, interesting news that Facebook enhances their level up program for emerging game streamers. Um, this, you know, does speak more about the creator economy than the influencer marketing, but I'll see, you'll see why it ties in together. So Facebook said that 77% of 18 to 34 year old console gaming buyers identify themselves as gamers. Uh, gaming has become an intensely social activity with 64% of 18 to 34 year olds surveyed saying that they, that playing with friends or meeting uh, new people is what makes gaming great. Um, really awesome that they're, they're helping, um, game streamers, Facebook specifically. I know, you know, this sounds, you know, that they're going to be pushing Facebook watch, but, um, anything we can do to help creators is awesome because where creators get their audience, our influencer marketing, we can follow and market to those audiences. But it's interesting to me, 77% identify themselves as gamers. So that means that 23% don't. So you've bought a console and then you don't think of yourself as a gamer. That's really interesting. So maybe there's like a nascent um, part of the industry that don't identify themselves as gamers, but are buying games or consoles or, you know, these things. That's, that's fantastic to me. That, that look, that looks to me like there's a huge growth potential still in, in gaming. It is not, a, we're not at peak gaming yet. Um, and once we, I wonder what is the next thing after battle Royale, what is the next big, like social hangout playing game? Uh, is it AR? I mean, before, 
Battle Royale, it was Pokemon Go and AR. Then it was Battle Now Battle Royale is the talk of the town. Before that was even like, you know, the Zynga sort of Farmville games. What's next? If you know what's next, let me know and let's talk about it. Um, maybe you can do a little interview for next week um, about what's going on in the gaming world. So next one, the most popular social media networks each year animated. I thought this was fantastic. And we really think of like nowadays as like the top, whatever we, th- we know now we think has been like, it's, it's the thing for ever. And it's hard to remember a time when Facebook wasn't a behemoth. But it wasn't that long ago. Um, there were some very interesting um, runner runners up or past uh, headliners in the um, social media network games. I mean, LinkedIn has been around for a very, very long time. Um, we had WeChat makes it on there. Um, even Tumblr shows a really strong go at it. Um, a fantastic video. Please watch. I, I, I'm almost just gushing about it because I want you to just watch it. It's really fun to see. Um, next up, so one of the interesting things of the week, and I thought this was fantastic, was there was um, an analysis from Seeking Alpha, which is uh, they look at stocks, and they looked at um, they, they looked at a stock of Revolve, and they found like a bunch of interesting stats in here. I mean, they they go in depth of like how many make uh, how many lipsticks people buy now versus before, and at Clinique, they found out that more than eighty percent of media spend is in high ROI channels. Okay, and they say that high ROI channels like digital, influencer activations, and consumer experiences, and that they reduce the cost of customer acquisition by 30%. Um, this is really interesting that in this analysis, they found that a high that influencer activations was a high ROI channel, whereas the number one thing I hear from like either influencer marketing agencies or brands or marketers or like studies of like we don't know the ROI we can't figure out the ROI but here Clinique is saying that they have high ROI in their influencer activations it's it's proof that that there is ROI and high in fact go, going back to the talking points of the goat agency they mentioned that um think their things campaign is getting 2x revenue um on their spend um which doesn't sound great like it, i mean you you sort of want higher than 2x but 50 percent of your you know you're getting your costs covered plus you're making another 50 percent and your profit margins hopefully cover that um they're making some good money with this um influencer marketing business um really awesome and then also to wrap it up and to wrap up this week's uh takeaway um the goat agency reminded me that what's not in the newsletter last week and including this week is Can Lions. So Can Lions, the ad um, awards and Can, uh, yeah. If you're over there, go check it out. I don't think by this moment, me including information about Can Lion would have helped you go. You would have had a last second uh, ticket. Um, but here's what I'll do: is if you went to Can and you had uh, some really key takeaway, let me know. Um, and, and I'll publish it and I'll, I'll keep looking for the next couple of weeks at compiling some, uh, can lion takeaways. I know, um, there's some podcasts from there and there's definitely going to be news from it. 
And that's what I'll probably include in the newsletter. Um, what are the key takeaways? What is the outcome of all of these pe- all of these people coming together in Can France? If you're in Can France right now and you're listening somehow, I recommend getting on a boat and going. There's an there's actually two islands in the bay. One of which is literally where the man in the iron mask was uh, was kept. Stayed. Stayed sounds nice. He was kept. Um, so real life. Uh, man, the Iron Mask was kept in this like a uh, prison, essentially, but it was more like a um, not a castle, a fort almost. Uh, there's an island, but next to that island, okay, so you can take a ferry. It's like thirty minute ferry over there. You can even there's like a little bit of a you can stay the night, I think. Um, the next island over has uh, monks living there, and the monks don't just do monk things, but they also make wine. It is. Uh, I, w- I can't say it's a great wine, but it's a great story. Is if you go to Cannes, France, go over to this island where monks are living, making wine, go to their uh, souvenir shop and buy the wine that they make. Um, really fascinating little story. I highly recommend the boat ride. It's fantastic. For some reason, I, I remember when I did this, the boats have a glass bottom or like there's a glass bottom part, but like there's nothing to see in the, in the water. Um, so that's really, it was really funky when I was watching. I was like, why, why are these, these tourist boats when there's literally nothing to see? Um, maybe there's something to see at different times of the, the year. Um, Cam France, that's my little thing just to get out of the, out of the, like the fray of it all. Go take a ferry ride over to the Man in the Iron Mask Island or the Monk Wine Island. Um, fantastic little day trip. Less than a day trip. You could do do it in the morning and come back. Um, I would do it whenever I worked. I worked on cruise ships and we would port in Cannes. We'd go off. I think we did it like three or four times. We went over to the, these islands. It was really fun. So that's why it's not in the newsletter because I'm giving you some travel tips. Um, but now... Uh, I'm going to let you go. This is a short uh, Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. Thank you for uh, listening, and I'll see you next week for more takeaways. Bye.